this microphone, but we'll do it anyway. Okay, what I'm going to do this morning is we are going to walk through okay, some stuff that Jesus did when he was here on earth. Okay, now what I need 12, LMA, you're looking at me like, don't choose me, Dad. Okay, <laughs> you're looking at like, don't choose me, hey? Okay, I'm going to select 12 people. Okay, now why do you think there are 12 chairs up here? Now, I'm not talking just to the children this morning. Adults, this, this is just as much for you. You guys understand this a bit more. Okay? So, there were 12. I can only count to 12. Nathan can count to 13. Okay? There were 12 what? 12 disciples. Can okay, I name the 12 disciples for me? Okay, if you can name one, then we can do it. Okay, I want you, buddy, in the structure. Come sit, take your seat. Okay. Name a disciple. What's one of the, what are the, one of the disciples' names? Matthew. Matthew. Okay. All right. There's a few guys I saw before the meeting. I need you, buddy. Come take your seat. Number two. Can you name a disciple for me? Hey? We need to name the disciples. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Acts, Romans. Sometimes. Corinthians, Galatians. Close. I just want to inform you, he is a teacher. Okay? We'll get to you guys. Okay, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. James. Simon, who was Peter. Bartholomew. Okay, Andrew. And there was two names, but one was the, and Judas. There were two Judases. There were two Judases, one Iscariot and the other. Okay, I'm needing some more examples, some more guys here. Okay, you guys are very keen. I'll take you in the red top. Come. It's with Liam. I need you on your butt, on the stage. Sitting down. Take your seats. Eddie, bro, you're keen, eh? Okay, buddy, in the orange top. Come take a seat, pal. We need some girls. We need you going to get some girls. Okay, there we go in the blue top. Okay. Some more girls. Eager pink top. Kelsey, go and do it, my girl. Okay, there we go. Go for it, my girl. Okay. There we go. All right, how many do we still need? Nathan, how many do we need? Yeah, about four, eh? Okay. Right, who are we going to pick? You don't want to do it. Just checking. Where's George's kids? They're the ones you have got, eh? He's yeah, okay, and I knew him before the meeting. Where's your guys? These guys, yeah. Yeah, Butty. Yeah, we go. You, I need you. Yeah? I need you. Okay, I need um, I need some more girls, yeah. Where's some more girls? Just wait, pal. Wait. There we go. You come sit up here. Okay. Come where are the girls? Do you want to? You don't want to? You sure? You're on the stage already. You know, she's a little young. Tara, I'm my girl. I would love to select you, but not today, Tara. Okay. All right. There, there you go. You got it. Okay. There we go. Okay. How many do we need? We need one more. One more. It's not, this is not a choice. How did, Jesus, how did Jesus choose his disciples? Did his disciples go, pick me, pick me? No, they didn't. Jesus selected them. He went and spent the whole night praying on the mountain. You know, and how many times do you make a decision before you pray about it? 
And now you, we elect leaders and we do stuff and things like that. Jesus prayed all night before he selected these 12 men to walk with him. I think we should do that and pray a lot harder when we select people and choice things between the two of you. Who wants to do it? You want to do it? Here we go. She's on. She's on. There we go. Eddie, bro, don't worry, pal. Okay? There's many chances. Unfortunately, you don't get the one. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way around. Okay. What are we going to do is, okay, now can we name the disciples? Okay. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Can you name them 12? Can you name? Peter. Peter. Matthew. Matthew. John. John. I was going to say John. John. Uh, no. I don't know. Bartholomew. Bartholomew. Judas. Andrew. Yeah, you see, there's the 12. And, I've, and I did yeah, years ago check who could say the Ten Commandments, and not everyone could tell what the Ten Commandments were. Interesting, eh? And stuff. But it's not deep information. You need to know who the 12 are. But there's something that Jesus did. Okay? And I want to just walk through the book of John a little bit here quickly this morning. That from chapter, it's about chapter 11, walks right up to chapter 17, chapter 18, we see where Jesus is betrayed and Jesus is arrested. Okay? Now, right in the beginning, it says there in uh, chapter, it's chapter 11 or, or 12, it says, Six days before Passover, Jesus came to Bethany. Now, this was a week leading up to the death of Jesus, of him, select, of him um, coming into Jerusalem and uh, building up to the day that he was betrayed and he was arrested. Okay. John 12 so then in, in John 11, there's the triumphant entry of Jesus entering Jerusalem. You remember how Jesus rode in on the donkey? And everybody was, Hosanna to the son of David. What did they think he was going to come and do? What did they think Jesus? Jesus was going to come overturn the Roman government and he was going to set his rule and order in place. And he did exactly the opposite. He didn't do any of that. And the disciples were wondering, what is he doing? Okay, the triumphant entry of Jesus entering Jerusalem. Then in chapter 12, he says this in verse 27, Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say, Father? Save me from this hour. Times leading up, Jesus knew what he was walking into. But for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Now listen to this. Who have you have ever heard a voice speaking from heaven out of the sky? Have any of you heard a voice from heaven? A loud voice from heaven, and other people heard it. It says this, Then a voice came from heaven and said, I have glorified it. And I will glorify it again. And the crowd that stood there and heard it said it had thundered. And others said an angel had spoken to him. And Jesus answered, this voice came for your sake, not mine. He knew the voice of his father. Can you imagine hearing a voice aloud speaking from the heavens? Think about it. Have you ever heard a voice? I know you've heard your mom shouting for you saying, Come, I'm calling you four times. Where have you been? Right? That happens, eh? Because mm, I do exactly the same thing. You guys all okay on you? Yeah? Okay. The reason I got you here is that you behave and then everyone's staring at you, you see? That's our point. Okay? And then we read just before in uh, John 13, Jesus washes the feet of his disciples. And then in verse f chapter 14, he speaks about being the way, the truth, and the life. We all know John 15, he speaks about being in the vine, abiding in the vine. John 16, he speaks about the coming of the Holy Spirit and how he's overcome the world and I've overcome it for you. John 17, he prays for his disciples and then he is basically betrayed and he's arrested and then the, the journey of understanding his death and his resurrection. I want to focus today on one little point in John 13 where Jesus washes the feet of, 
of his disciples. Who's ever had their feet washed? Adults too. Who's ever had your feet washed? It's a very humbling experience, right? What we're going to do this morning is I'm going to process this with these children. Okay? So I want all of you to take your shoes and socks off if you've got shoes and socks on. But I need somebody. Someone want to read? Do you want to read John 13 for me? Yep. You're it, girl. Okay, there we go. Now we're talking. What I want you to understand this morning is, okay, we are, we are going to do something. We're going to show something how Jesus taught us what greatness looked like. So who do you think of these guys up here on the stage? Who's the greatest? Okay. We have a confident Peter in the crowd. Okay. Okay. So of you guys, okay, you guys just sort that microphone out there. Okay. Of you guys on the stage here. Who do you think is the greatest here in this, the rest of this hall here? Who's the greatest? Me. Okay. That's two me's. Okay. Who's the greatest? Yeah. But apart from you guys. Children, who's the greatest here this morning? There's a lot of you pointing at me. Okay. Which is, which is, which is scary. Okay. Come on, guys. No, that one's, that one's fine. Okay, who's the greatest? Do you know that Jesus' 12 disciples, after he had called them and they had hung with Jesus for time and time again, and you know what? These men argued amongst themselves who would be the greatest. Luke 9 explains that, and they ask him, who's the greatest? So I'm going to need my iPad, girl. Sorry, man. And I'm going to read you two passages here quickly. And he, he says, who's the greatest? Matthew 18, first he says, At that time, Jesus' disciples came to him saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Sure, guys. And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn, listen to me, guys, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like a child is the greatest Amen. in the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Again, Luke 9, it says, An argument arose among them as to which one of them was the greatest. <laughs> you know, the thing about greatness is that some of us in our hearts might think that I won't maybe be great. You know, you think, oh, well, we'll get through life and I don't need to be great and be the greatest. But you know, the biggest thing with that is that you do not want to be the least, Right? Is that correct? You don't want to be the least. Who wants to come last in class? You don't want to be that. Okay? 
You don't want to be the last person. You don't want to be the least. You don't want to be the one that gets left out. This is adult people. Adult people arguing amongst themselves who's going to be the greatest. I think many of us have had this in our own hearts. What's wrong, Archie? Do you want to preach rather, bro? Need to turn it up. The volume. The other way. With that way. Yeah. You do it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lift it up as well. Guys, guys. Okay, there we go. All right. Okay, these are adult men arguing amongst themselves who's going to be the greatest. Again, in Luke 22, it's like now Luke 9 and Luke 22, some time has passed. They have the same thing. A dispute arose among them as to which of them would be regarded as the greatest. You want, you want to be great in God's kingdom? What does that look like? What does it look like to be great in God's kingdom? Why did Jesus... And he, and he speaks about the Gentiles that lorded over them and the authority they use over people and to do kind of set their tone of who they are. And, he, and Jesus says, in my kingdom, it doesn't work like that. He says, but not with you. Rather, let the greatest among you become as the youngest and the leader as one who serves. For who is the greater one who reclines at the table or one who serves? It is not the one who reclines at the table, but I'm among you as one who serves. Now, what's going to happen here this morning is maybe this has never happened to you before. Hello, my gorgeous. How are you? Hi. Fine. It's lovely to see you. You can stand on stage with me. That's fine. You hang with me. You just come walk with me. It's fine. Okay? What? Why? I don't know why this mic's here. I can't do it without the mic. Just give it one. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, my girl. Okay. Do you want me to start again? Okay. Let's just turn this one off, Dennis. I'm not going to have so much stupid microphones this morning. That's better. Use this one. There we go. Adult people arguing about who's the greatest. And Jesus said to us, it's the children that you become like a child. Okay. In God's kingdom. Now, what I'm going to do this morning is while... She's reading this passage to us in John 13, and Jesus came. I want us to understand firstly what the symbolism of washing feet and what was done in the time in society. Okay, It's going to be a bit of chaos this morning. That's just the way it is. Okay, What did his disciples do? They tried to push the people, children away from Jesus. And he invited them. And he said, no, 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 no. Let them come unto me. See, church must be a bit of chaos every now and again. We're also happy with our cookie-cutter little worlds. It's all a little different. I want to see you, you, you guys to see what happens here this morning. I'm going to show you how true greatness, what it looks like. Not as my example, but as the Word of God shows us this morning about how greatness is and how it plays out in our world today. See, the tradition in Jewish times was why do you think they washed their feet? Why do you think, why do you think they washed their feet in, in those times in the Bible? Because when you go to someone's house, Liam, when you arrive at home, when you arrive at home, does someone wash your feet for you? No, no one does that. So what, what was happening? Why were they doing that in those times? Can you explain why? Why do you think so, bud? You're not sure? You're not sure? That was a tradition. Because in those days, there were no tarred roads. All the roads were sand and dusty. And everyone wore sandals. So part of the tradition and the part of the culture was that if you arrived at someone's home, they would offer your feet to be washed for you. It was part of their tradition because their feet were dirty. 
And then the same symbolism that happens when the priests used to enter into the outer courts, what would they wash? They would wash their hands and their feet before they went into the, the, temp, into the um, inner court and then the Holy of Holies. They would wash their feet. Okay? And there's another context where a, a, a woman in Luke 7 comes to Jesus. And what happens is she pours anointment and oil and perfume all over Jesus' feet and anoints his feet with oil, but washes his feet with perfume and with her hair. And you know whose house he's sitting in? He's sitting in a Pharisee's house. And in this Pharisee's heart, he's going, who is this man that a sinful prostitute of a woman, he would allow her to wash his feet with perfume and her hair? Wow, yeah, that's crazy, eh? You know what I love about that story is that Simon kind of says, and Jesus says to Simon, who's the Pharisee now, and says to him, Simon, can I, can I ask you something? He says, oh yes, of course you can. And while he's talking to Simon, he turns and looks straight to the woman. And he does, he's just talking to Simon like this, but he's looking at her saying, you know, Simon, I came into your house. You didn't give me anything to wash my feet with. So there, wasn't, there was a point where Simon hadn't even honored a guest in his house of washing his feet. And he's talking to the woman while he's saying, but, this, but yet this woman came and washed my feet with her hair and perfume and poured out her heart and love. Just, it was just such an explanation again of Jesus' love for everybody. That no matter where the sin, no matter how the depths of he would invite someone right in to be with him. And he basically rebuked Simon very gently. So the whole process of washing feet was a traditional thing in, in, the, in the society of the day. But who used to do it? The very least. The slaves or the servants? Yes, there's some context in reading and understanding that some wives used to wash their husband's feet and prepare his bed and drink and all that was part of tradition, which I think I should start in my house. It would be amazing. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. But it's not our tradition, you see. But in those days, what an honorable thing. But who did it? The least did it. And now we're going to read John 13. And I want you to see the process of a Jesus. Now, the commentators say, almost just before this took place of Jesus washing their feet, the argument, the argument with the disciples broke about who's the greatest. And Jesus was going to demonstrate something to them about what greatness looks like. Okay? What greatness looks like. Are you ready to read for me, girl? Okay, when you read that whole, that whole section there. Okay, okay when you put on the music stand, you have to hold it like that. Okay, read nice and clear, loud, yeah. Jesus washes the disciples' feet. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from the supper. He laid aside his outer garments and, taking a towel, tied it around his waist. When he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, 
Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing to you, you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean, but not every one of you, for he knew who for he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, Not all of you are clean. When he said when he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You called me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should also do, just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor his messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed you are, if you do them, I am not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but the scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I am telling you this now before it takes place. And when it does take place, you may believe that I am he. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me. And whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. Just as Sheldon finishes here or comes to the end, uh, I felt I wanted to just add on to what Sheldon said about the washing of the feet there, just to give us a little bit more context as well. You see, um, we have tar rows, as he says, and we have cars, by and large, right? Um, back in those days, there weren't vehicles. They were transport was animals, right? So animals would walk. And as they transport, animals would leave their excrement right there on the roads, right? Sewage will be thrown out on the roads. There wasn't major sewage systems. It will be thrown out for the dogs and animals to come and eat. So people would walk through the cities, and they would get all of these uh, um, infected um, infections and, and sicknesses on their feet, viruses and bacteria and stuff. And, and Jesus, what, I, what, what, is, what is for us to remember and notice here is that once again, Jesus 
Like the father and the lost son, Jesus did not say to the disciples, he did not prepare them for what he was about to do. He did not tell them that when you gather here tonight, before you come, please shake off your your shoes and your feet outside. Please scrape off and get all the worst of the worst off. Right? Just get the worst of the yucky stuff off and then I'll do the last little bit. Jesus basically allowed them to come as they were with all of the dirt and grime and yucky stuff. All of the gunk and filth from the street. Filth. It was filth. It was filthy cities. Those town cities smelled and they were filthy. Hygiene was not major uh, high, high on the agenda. And as they came, Jesus took his hands He didn't put on gloves. He didn't put on a mask. He came with his bare hands and he took those feet and he touched the filth. He touched the filth without embarrassing them, without telling them, Oh, Peter, your feet are really smelly. Oh, Peter, John, oh, yours. Oh, what did you step in there? Oh, no, um, no, get that off, you know? He didn't do that. And how often, how often do we think? And have an unthinking of our Father that He does that, that He wants us to first get rid of that before you come. No, oh, no, let me just get rid of this first before I come. But they came as they were with all of those filth and all of that gunk and all of those yucky stuff. Jesus allowed them and He did not embarrass them. He did not shame them. He honored them. He blessed them. And he met them and washed them right there where they were at, just as Sheldon did here. He didn't tell these kids anything about their feet. He just loved on them. He just washed their feet just the way they were. And so for us this morning, do we come to our Jesus just the way we are? Or are we afraid? Are we afraid he's going to shame us? Are we afraid he's going to embarrass us? Because that's not the Jesus of, of the Bible. Now, I'm not doing any of this for effect, and you'd think, wow, what an amazing guy that he would do that. You see, Jesus, Jesus wasn't motivated by people's affection of him and his words. See, there was something very powerful in Jesus. So what happened here this morning? What is this process that we're doing? We are demonstrating to us what true greatness actually looks like. Okay? Now, in the midst of all this, I know this is Chaos Sunday. But we're going to dedicate a baby now. Is the timing is fine. Is it bad timing? Okay, there we go, Amanda. Okay, and I want to. It's Samayu, hey, Samaya. Okay, so Sam and Amanda are going to come stand in front, and we're going to dedicate Samayu to God in the midst of all this. Because if anything, if this child can grow up and understand that greatness is not in the way the world makes greatness to be, greatness comes from serving. You've all heard that line that says, you know, greatness, serving is the stepping stone to greatness. No, no. Serving is greatness. Okay? It's very important. We're going to, and I've got some f- friends and um, Toby and Uncle Brower who we've known over the years. It's great to have you guys with us this morning. And this is why we rolled the bay. It's just going to be a little different. Sorry, I don't have shoes on, but that's okay. And we're going to pray for this little one, okay, that she grows up, that these parents will know. The truth of God, which they do, that's evident in their lives. We can see that. But that this one will grow up to know the truth of what true greatness is. That it's just a name, something about listening it means? It means God is listening. It's, 
this feminine version of Simeon, okay? She's gorgeous. You've got big blue eyes, baby. That's right, eh? And we've got to believe a generation are going to grow up knowing what true greatness is, learning to serve one another, learning to love one another, and lay down their lives like that for God and stuff. So as, a, as parents and stuff, we're going to dedicate her to the Lord. We're going to pray over her. She'll never remember this moment, but we take this from the word where Jesus was presented in the temple. Samuel was presented before, in the temple for God, dedicating his life to God. I was dedicated. Was I dedicated? I was dedicated. You remember that day. I don't remember that day. I cried a lot. And I'm still crying. Yeah. You see, it's not, it's, not, it's not for the child to remember. I mean, I've got a big jug of water there. Do you want to baptize her while we do it? Let's just, let's just do this, eh? That's, that's not the thing. It's, it's, it's the idea here is that before God and before you as people, they stand as, as witnesses to that we'll see this child raised in the ways of the Lord and of the King. So, and as we pray for her, I just part of the theme for today fits in that she will grow up as a servant of the Lord and not looking for greatness, but she will serve Him in the ways and knowing that truly is greatness in serving. She's like, what was that? That was you. Yeah, come. let's just pray. I want to thank you, Lord, for Sam and Amanda. I want to thank you, Father, for their hearts. Thank you that they love you. Thank you that they want to raise children in the way that honor you, the Almighty God. So, Father, as she will never remember this day, as she is kind of excitement in her spirit and her heart this morning, Father, we just want to pray that over them as a family, she will grow up to know the ways of the King. She will understand what true greatness is. And what it is to serve and to love one another and to know Jesus. Father, I pray at a young age she will get to know the truth of who you are. I pray that she would encounter knowing that you are her savior, you are her king. As her parents raise her, that she would know the truth of the word. She would know the closeness of the son Jesus by the spirit residing and living with her, leading and guiding her every day of her life. So we pray your grace over them as a family. We pray that you raise up to know the true greatness, the true great king who showed us what servanthood was like. And we pray that over her body and we declare that over her today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Bless you guys. Fantastic. Okay. Awesome, eh? A little bit of everything this morning, eh? So I needed that other mic to kind of roll because I wanted to ask questions as we went along. But I want to just wrap this up. We're not going to go much longer here. You see, we are so caught up in our ways of thinking. And the world's way so places onto us how we feel things should happen. I want to say to us as the church, what, what God is asking of us in this season and speaking to us is that we would learn to serve one another. Do you, we all want the bay to be great, right? We want the bay to be great. How's that going to happen? Serve. It's each one of us serving one another here. The reality is we should not be short of children's leaders. We should not be short of youth leaders. We should not be short financially. I, I say this because that's where it starts. We all want to be great, but how's it going to start? Hey? Start by serving one another. And you see, the whole point with service is that when, when somebody, when you, you see, it requires a humility. It requires a depth of understanding that when you serve. So when someone says to you, or you say, how do you get... How do you become more humble? Have you thought about that? How do you, get, how do you become humble? 
spoke about Moses being the most humble man on earth. How do you measure humility? If someone says to you, no, really, I am humble, they're not. I promise you, they're not. They think they are. You know how you found true humility? Is that you learn to serve. Because your serving is not up to you. It's not on your terms. Jesus didn't wash the disciples' feet on their terms. When he, when he spoke with Peter, and Peter said to him, No, no, Lord, you, you wash my feet? Because there's something wrong in his hierarchical thinking here. Something's the wrong way around. Like, well, I should be washing your feet. But Jesus says, no, no, no. This has to be done. This has to be fulfilled or else you will not partake of me. That's powerful, powerful lines. You will not partake of my kingdom and what I'm doing here. And I want to tell you, and as a community this morning, that if we want to partake on what God is doing with us, we have to serve one another. We have to serve the community. We have to serve our city. You see, we have a mindset of hierarchical thinking. Did Jesus just turn this upside down by showing them that the pecking order, as we understand at the top honcho, everyone walks in the church and they want to know who the leader is. Everyone walks into a business, they want to know who, who the boss is. Who, who's in charge here? You've heard that before. Who's in charge here? It's normally when someone's upset. Who's in charge here? They want to talk to the person that makes the decisions. Who's going to fix this problem for me? We have this hierarchical thinking in our mindsets. And Jesus didn't just turn that upside down and kind of knock this, abolish this kind of pecking order and kind of stuff. Sorry, he actually, he totally abolished it. He totally wiped that all out. Did it mean that Jesus wasn't going to be a leader still? No. Jesus led firmly and strongly, but there was a, a motivation inside of him to show his disciples what true servanthood actually looks like. And he offered to wash their feet. Because he said, no, ma- no slave is bigger than his master. No apostle is greater than the one that's, that sent him. No messenger, it says in the word. And you see, we all think, oh, we won't be great. But you know what we don't want to be? We don't want to be the least. But that's the power of the kingdom, is that choosing that position of the least is your place of strength. And Jesus abolished that all by washing his disciples' feet and saying, you want to partake of me? You need to serve. Serve one another. And the world will know. You see, the world will know you by the love you have for one another. And poor Andy turned this whole thing upside down. That didn't make sense, but... To find true humility, the point of that, of finding true humility, is that when you serve, and it's not on your terms, you get tested. And in the testing, there's the refining. In that refining, it brings out that true character in you. Last night, I watched it play out yet. It was, it was just fresh in my mind. We had a fantastic day yesterday. From 10 in the morning to 10 at night, this hall becomes a prayer room. People came and prayed during the day. There was a lot of you that weren't here. But we come together with a purpose to be before the Almighty God. And when it comes around to 10 o'clock and we've got to pack up, there's no pack-up team. You know, many things happen in the Bay without teams that do it. It just happens. And I knew there's a number of guys here. What they're going to do is they're going to serve. And it wasn't even asked of them. It was just, of course we'll do it. And we'll help pack up and many hands make light work. Because we all own it together. I want to I challenge you this week. You're going to go into your homes. You're going to go into your families. You're going to go into your business places. Some of you might be the main honcho that counts there, and you tell everybody what to do. 
Why don't you do something for the least in that place? Do something, do something that will shock the world system a little bit. Do something uh, the other way around for people where they might not expect you to do it for them. Because Peter was, Jesus, no, no, no. I need, I, I need to wash your feet. And then he goes the whole way like Peter does. Well, then wash my hands, my face, do everything. No, no, Peter, slow down. Always. See, you know, it's true humility. Jesus, Jesus never needed to be affirmed. You think about this. When we're talking true transformation in our hearts about spirituality. Is that Jesus never needed to be affirmed by men about what he was doing. You think about when he said something and everyone is offended. You think he went and spoke to Peter and went, shucks, Peter, do you, do you, think, they, do you think they accept? I really think I offended those people, man. I, I just, you know, I wonder if they're going to receive the message that I've sent to them. He never once gave an excuse for what he had said. Because he, was, he knew what he needed to do. And our motives are essential when it comes to serving. When your motives are looking for the affirmation of men's yes over your heart, your motive is wrong. You do it out of love for the king. Because what did we demonstrate here this morning? This is what he showed us it's about. This is what servanthood is about. Is that you become the least. You play that role where, but, but it's not important. Well, that's the whole point. What affirmation are you looking for? What are you looking for? Some kind of, you know, hurrah, hurrah from the people saying, wow, you're amazing. I know people encourage me. I love encouragement. It's fantastic. That's, part, there's a, that's a gift of the Spirit, encouragement. But the courage of men doesn't motivate me to do what I do. It's the affirmation for the Almighty God that's called me to do this and to walk in this together. It's exactly the same for your lives. And when you find security in your hearts, and when your hearts have been truly transformed, and you go on these deep spiritual journeys, and things don't go your own way, God's building into you. He's building into your heart and life through those tough seasons, through those difficult times and seasons where it's tough. But he's teaching you what true servanthood looks like. Okay. So what I want to do just to finish up here is that I want the kids to pray. And I want all the children to ask God if there's anybody in this place that needs prayer. And there's anyone that you feel there's somebody who's sick in this building, and I'm going to pray. The kids are going to pray with us, and we're going to pray together for you. Okay? And uh, so we won't take much longer here. But I really felt part of today is, is understanding that heart. If we're going to go forward as a community, we've got to learn to serve one another. And we've got to learn to walk in that together. And that'll be a theme I think we're going to carry going forward for a little while together here. And stuff. So, kids, let's just pray together. Okay, I want you all to see. Now, God will speak to you. Okay, and I want you to all you disciples here. I've trained you for three and a half years. Now, you guys should know your stuff, eh? Okay? I want, if God tells you anything, I want you guys to know. Okay, anything. Just turn the monitors off. They're also crackling. It's all happening here this morning, eh? Okay, and let's just pray. So God is here to heal. He's here to touch our hearts. Because He showed us that what it is to be the least. But yet, true greatness. True greatness. This is, this is what Jesus did defined and redefined greatness of what it is. So, Father, we want to thank you for your love for us. Thank you, Lord. The stirring in our hearts is to serve one another from a place of love. And as we pray this morning, Lord, I pray that even in these kids' hearts this morning, they would feel in their hearts if anybody needs prayer. They'd feel something. There's somebody here that's got, and I want to pray for them. Father, we pray that by your Spirit you'd come amongst us now. Thank you that you're here with us. You're here to heal. You're yet to restore. 
you're here to make whole. We thank you that we sang of the power of your name, Jesus. There's power in your name. And Lord, to be great in your kingdom is to be like a child. To have faith like a child. To believe and trust you. We complicate it so much with all that we have to do in life and trying to achieve and do stuff. Stop trying to achieve. Just serve the King of Kings. Serve him with your gifts. Serve him with your time. Serve him with your resources. Let's just wait. If there's any children that you feel that God's given you something and you want to pray for somebody, I'll pray with you. If God's told, who's, who's God speaking to you? Has God spoken to any one of you? Told you anything? Nothing? You've got something there, huh? She was scratching her nose. She wasn't talking to me. Okay, now I want to just create the space. Okay, what's Jesus saying to you guys? Okay, is he talking to you? You sense anything? Who's heard the voice of the Lord speak to them? Jesus tells you stuff. You have. Hey? Anyone? What you got there, girl? What you got? You got nothing. Let's just wait on God. I felt God wanted to do something with us this morning. We're not going to run and rush past and just do our own agendas and, oh, well, it's done. Holy Spirit, we welcome you this morning. Come and speak to us. Come and show us your ways. Thank you, Jesus. Come and speak into our hearts. Okay, she's got something to tell you this morning. I want Jesus to make everyone's dreams come true. Okay. Just, just well, hold, hold, hold with it. Okay, now I want, I want other children to, to listen to what Jesus is telling you. Okay, I want you to listen. You need to open your spiritual ears. Okay, and listen to what God is saying. Okay, so let's just pray. Close your eyes, focus on Jesus, and he'll speak to you. He'll show you what he wants to say. Just turn the keyboard out on the monitors, guys. Thank you, Jesus. If you hear Jesus speaking to you, Come speak to me. We want to pray. We want to ask the Spirit of God to come and touch lives and touch hearts this morning. One thing I felt this morning was for those who, who can't actually speak in tongues, who haven't had a gift to speak in that heavenly language this morning, is there, are there any adults like that yet that you want to be prayed for? And we want to leave. I know we run classes. We do all that kind of stuff. And you guys have had many chances to do that. Is there anyone like that here who doesn't speak in a heavenly language? Okay. Wow, that's great. It means we've covered all bases here, right? Hey? Nyasha, you don't speak in tongues, bro. Yeah? Do you, you want to? Yeah. There's a desire and a hunger for it. We don't gather here on our, what we want, by the way. We gather here for the king and worship and serve him. Yeah, there's one. There's some ladies right behind you that are very happy to pray for you. <laughs> Zeta and the team there. 
You also want to speak in tongues? Yeah? Children, anyone else hearing anything from God? I know this is a big step. Okay, we might have to hear, do a series of hearing the voice of God in the kids section. As God shows and speaks to you anything. Okay. Okay, for those two people that want prayer, I will pray for you afterwards here. Okay, we won't do it now during the meeting. Okay. Let's just all stand together. Okay, kiddies, we're going to finish up. Let's all stand quietly and we're going to thank the Lord. Thank you, you 12, for being great examples this morning and helping me. Okay? Awesome, eh? Lord, we want to thank you for your love for us. Thank you that your love for us will never, ever fail. Jesus, we want to thank you that the demonstration that you showed your disciples was the greatest thing you could ever have shown them. It was about them going out to the world. That if we don't go with a servant heart, we don't go with a heart of wanting to lay our lives down for others. You didn't come to serve, Lord. You, you didn't come to be served. You came to serve, Lord Jesus. And so, Father, as we go from this place, we want to thank you, Lord, that we can serve our environments where we work, our environments where we live, We can be servants in that environment, Lord. We can choose to be the least because it's not about being the greatest in your kingdom. And we thank you, Lord, that you will use those who lay it all down, who deny themselves, who take up their cross and honor and serve you with all they have. I pray you'd help us, Lord, in the rest of this year going forward as a community, that we would learn what true servanthood looks like. It's not about what I want and how I get, but it's about serving into a body, serving into each other's lives, as we get to grow up and understand the greatness of our king and learning to be least in the kingdom is all about greatness. John the Baptist said, I must decrease, he must increase. We thank you for these words of truth over our hearts this morning. And we bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Sorry about a messy meeting, but uh, go and serve the world. Go and touch people in your workplace. Go and do things that they wouldn't expect you to do for them. Go and serve them as we serve one another and going forward. Just, Jody, I want to pray for you. And Nyasha, the ladies there will pray for you. Zita and that will pray for you. Okay. Have a blessed week. Thank you, you 12, for helping on stage.